0: friends hello
1: everybody out there who haven't heard from us for like fucking months at this point
0: it's you know listen
1: learn listen
0: <laughs> i was gonna say we were just dealing with some things over in my life Mm-hmm. yes tell uh, us your things jocelyn my things so many things you Uh, want to i mean yeah no we had that stupid cat i don't even know if that was on the last episode that went up or not it was actually no we just talked about it last time (laughs) so we talked about it we've had to re-record now twice thrice i don't know
1: this we did release we had to do a re-record of um the one where you talked about David Goggins or whatever his name is David Huggins David yeah. Huggins True and so Bunny one, ruined it that one got out there cuz I did John Singer Sargent and you did David Huggins That's right yeah and then we attempted to record another episode um, And Bunny
0: ruined it again <laughs> She didn't ruin it if if the mic was closer like the She okay. ruined it because she said oh I'll just hold the mic and then what did she do not hold the mic It's just like when you we're we know because of our setup that we've been using for a
1: long time we know the struggles of like how yes. and she's a very quiet person anyway when she talks she talks in a very low tone she does and so when she's sitting like three feet away from the mic you could not fucking yes hear her. and
0: she kept like sitting back in her chair and it was like yeah dog
1: yeah anyway. so um yeah we had a bunch of audio that is now veritably <laughs> trash um unfortunately the I bits was,
0: are not funny if you only hear the second half of them
1: it was crazy too because like you know there was a lot of anecdotal things that we were saying and like Bunny would be like saying stuff in the background and like you, like we'll be we'll be having a conversation you could hear a little bit of what she was saying but mm-hmm. and we would be laughing in response to what she was saying and
0: but you, you couldn't you couldn't pick <laughs> you it up hear it. and like none of
1: my oh. my lack of uh audio wizardry was fixing that so yeah. audacity is just like not it's bare bones it's it's not the program you need if you were i mean ideally everyone would be on their own track and like you could increase the sound of someone or whatever but like that's just not how it worked
0: so yeah well uh, so to be fair the (laughs) setup that we have was billed as being a podcast setup but it does not work like that what do you mean like when we purchased this yeah and we were like, oh, look at that. Like, that's a decent price. And like, Nick was like, oh, yeah, that's good equipment. Like, yeah, for starting out. Like, we had experts weigh in. Yeah. <laughs> we had our experts. <laughs> our resident music man. I, he's a
1: music man.
0: He is a music man. Yeah. Oh, he's also quitting the T-shirt shop finally. Yay.
1: Yay! Nick, you're finally free.
0: <laughs> he's going to go do design stuff for like uh, some marijuana company. Fuck yeah. That's, yeah. like, so his bag. Right, yeah. yeah. And uh, I guess, did you ever meet Buck, his one of his skater friends? No. If I did, I don't remember him. Okay, well, Buck has, like, big glasses and a really goofy personality. Aw. And he always gets, like, pff, trashed. Um. <laughs> anyway, Buck's wife, Jackie, is Nick's, like, manager now at that place. Aw. Which is cool. So Okay, he's so all in a, the fam. He's got a good good gig now yeah we're happy for him uh also this is i minor in art history yes welcome (laughs) welcome to the pod this is
1: i minor in art history i'm nisa i didn't minor in art history i'm jocelyn and i did and uh yeah we are here to tell you about art and shit but also we talk a lot about our personal lives and you know we're very inconsistent about putting in when we actually talk about the art so i don't give a fuck how you (laughs) feel about that um (laughs) But you're about to get to know us real well. Oh, so well!
0: If you don't already know things about us, you're in for a real overshare treat.
1: Should we refresh people's memories about who we are? I feel like they, <laughs> we haven't given like a background, like
0: historical, a historical background. Yeah. Uh, Nisa and I met each other when I was working at a t-shirt shop, and then Nisa came in for an interview, and I was like, "Oh, she's got a wrinkled shirt. She's not better than me, even though she went to Wrangling. <laughs>
1: oh yeah that's right yeah jocelyn was all set up to hate me and then she ended up being like oh she's cute and i love her
0: yeah basically no i I was afraid that you were gonna be like too cool oh why because you went to ringling and like you're hot then i then you found out i have a raging case of
1: adhd (laughs) and i'm also just you know insatiable nerd so yeah yeah but this is why we're such good friends, because yes. immediately I was like, I love Jocelyn. <laughs> I was like, dee, 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 dee. like, and you were like, mm, I don't know if I can trust her.
0: <laughs> no, but like once I saw like you just came in and you were like i'm chill i was like okay cool cool okay that'll work <laughs> realized, i was like i gotta hate this
1: fucking guy who runs this shop oh and you were God. like low-key yeah. me too yeah yeah but real low-key though
0: <laughs> yeah. and i was
1: like oh i actually hate him like loud and proud and
0: yeah you were like Ugh. i was like i need this
1: job yeah
0: <laughs> i don't have another <laughs> job i can fall back on
1: he might have this place wired up <laughs> i remember when we i think we it was you or it was nick we theorized that he was definitely listening into our conversations because he he would like come in angry just randomly and like it had to have been a response to some shit we talked about no i
0: think that's just because he had anger management problems yeah he's just which is why his children hate him sean sucks yeah (laughs) don't don't miss that guy at all yeah
1: but it brought us together it did and
0: then created a bond that cannot be broke
1: Sometimes when you're just, like, in the war together. Yeah. <laughs> Brothers in arms. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? That we whole were thing. in the trenches. We were in the trenches. <laughs> so to speak. Taking heavy fire. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> So then I left because I was dating Odin at the time, and I wanted to move to Tampa. Yeah,
0: and Odin had some shmoney. Odin was, yeah, well, he, yeah, he was a rich boy. He was.
1: Yeah, and then uh broke up with him, came back to St. Pete, and that was like the year that shit went down. Like, I'm pretty sure with you and um,
0: my ex. Yeah.
1: You yeah. and your ex. Was it in 2020? Yeah. So yeah. Cause in 2019 we went to Puerto Rico. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. So then 2020 happened. It was the end of 2020. And then you and I sat down and we were like, what do we do? Like, I don't know. I was like, uh, I said, I wanted to create a podcast.
0: And you were like, yeah, let's fucking go. I was like, I've always wanted to have a podcast because I think I'm hilarious.
1: (laughs) That was what it was, really. The premise was like, we're both just like funny bitches.
0: Yeah. Um, And then it was like, what can we talk about? We could talk about art stuff. Yep. And then um, I was like sitting on Nisa's toilet in her old apartment Mm -hmm. and I had the door cracked open so we could talk back and forth. Yep. Because normally I just go to the bathroom with the door the whole way open.
1: And I was a little scared because that apartment was so small. I was like, am I about to die?
0: (laughs) That's always a concern when Jocelyn's around. I was
1: just like, oh, no. Uh, But we made it out.
0: And I was just like spitballing. We were just spitballing names going back and forth. Mm -hmm. Uh, Nisa had made a really nice pesto for dinner, actually. Oh, yeah. I remember it because it was so tasty.
1: I always forget about that. Yeah, it was good. Um... Jocelyn has been the um, willing parta- partaking of uh, many of my dishes that I've cooked over the years. That's
0: because you're good at cooking.
1: You know, it is one of my skills. It's one of my yeah. wifely skills. 100%. It's on my resume. <laughs> Your resume. My resume. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then after that, we recorded. We started. We had great ambitions that we were going to release this like once a week and be real podcasters. <laughs> we we did at first and we did real good i mean shit we've got we got some good episodes in that first year our sound quality left a lot to be desired yeah well because we didn't know what the fuck we were doing we really didn't i think it's gotten better over the years yeah for sure but now we're here where we're at which is (laughs) severely lacking (laughs) uh sorry everybody listen if you were wanting to hear more from us sorry i can't
0: i have work a full-time job you work a full-time job i have a man he has children i have children by default (laughs) basically yeah yeah i mean i feel like
1: life just got really busy i mean i'm not busy so if you wanted to record more I, i definitely could i am busy but you're i think more busy than i am yes
0: because managing a codependent honey is sometimes a lot of work.
1: Yeah, Mike, you ruined it all. For no,
0: me. <laughs> no. If I hadn't met Mike, like I probably would have moved back home. To be honest, well, you were living with. I was living with Bunny because uh for my job they were like, you have to live within city limits if you have this position, and I was like, fuck. Oh, in Gulfport's city limits. Gulfport is not city limits. It's St. Pete city limits. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, uh, sorry. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. The like, golf port is so much closer than when you were living before. Yeah. Oh my god, that's so stupid. I mean, whatever. Anyway. Anyway. What were we talking about? Um, oh yeah, we were giving the people an update about our lives, about who we are and all that. Yeah.
0: So, I kind of had an unfinished thought earlier, which was that I had acquired a second cat. I have since unacquired the second cat. Taxidermy. <laughs> <laughs> i named her i named her rima because like this guy that i went to high school with hit me up and was like hey you, can you have another cat basically and i was like uh like what's what's the sitch here yeah what's status <clears> room? <throat> yeah so she's this like ugly ass looking torty she's mm-hmm. got the buggiest eyes ever yeah and she looks uh, a little bit cracked out
1: <laughs> She does. <laughs> not gonna lie. Yeah, that that girl's been doing some meth.
0: Yeah. Um. So she did not come with a real name. Apparently, his dead grandma was his grandma was the person that had her to begin with, and apparently, his grandma called her Jezebel. And I was like, I'm not fucking calling a cat Jezebel.
1: Honestly, great name. I mean, I, I would have called the cat Jezebel.
0: She doesn't look like a Jezebel, though. Jez. Like, you look at her face, and your initial response was, she looks like she's a taxidermied cat. <laughs> like...
1: That was my initial Yeah,
0: like, <laughs> you can't tell me that you would call that cat Jezebel. Like, you you're call lying. Call her kill. Right. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> that's so fucked up.
0: And then he said, like, his aunt that was watching the cat at one and called her Kitty, and I was just like, okay, that's not a real fucking name. That's so
1: stupid. I fucking hate boomers
0: like. like can you can you give this cat a real name and i was like thinking on it and i was like what kind of vibe is this cat giving me and i kept coming back to rima rima yeah yeah we were
1: and, we, and bunny and i were making a joke last time that she should be called reba yeah like the uh lady from the tv show
0: mcintyre yeah
1: reba mcintyre yeah. so
0: i had put in the group chat after lauren said that she should be called reba i was like oh reba mack truck tire <laughs> <laughs> and she was like that's so funny i'm calling her that oh my god yeah i know i'm hilarious Um.
1: (laughs) hence why we started the podcast (laughs) yeah because we're so funny so funny so the legacy of taxidermy is a poor one
0: yeah (laughs) so she's she was (laughs) with us for i don't know like two months maybe yeah not even She just kept going after Sylvia, and like everything I did to try to like chill this cat out was like not working. She'd like come up and snuggle for like she would literally she'd sit in my lap for like an hour just purring, and if I didn't touch her, like she'd just keep purring. Oh, she just wanted a little physical contact. She did, but then it was like if she was sweet little baby, not in a specific place, and you tried to pet her, she'd smack you. Okay, well she's a bitch. Yeah, I'm back to not liking her now. Right, and it's like dog, like chill. She would to get, her, like, a heated blanket and just, like,
1: put a little, you know, playpen on her and just, you're good. Put her in a playpen
0: with a heated blanket and she's good. <laughs> no. And she would, like, come out in the middle of the night, like, if I'd get up to piss or something, she'd, like, come in the bathroom and, like, yell at me until I petted her. And I was like, go away, dude. Like, you already had cuddle time today.
1: <laughs> you only get one. It sounds like you didn't really bond with this cat, though.
0: I didn't. Because okay. she sucked. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. And she, like, she would come up and just, like, smack Sylvia. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of to be
1: expected, though. Like, you can't, older cats, like, is so hit or miss whether they're going to get along. Yeah. Like, if you're going to get, if you're going to get a new cat, you got to, like, get a young one. Oh, by the way, my mom got a new cat. Did I tell you about oh that? Oh, my God. What? No. She got a new kitten. Yeah. Because um, the same thing that happened with me and Nutella, like, happened with Orla so orla was her name now or yeah the cat that i brought my mom a year ago paprika (laughs) yeah
0: paprika i forgot (laughs) her original name yeah god your memory Um, well i was maybe going through your instagram
1: oh (laughs) okay you're stalking me oh
0: sometimes i just go back and look at things
1: that's so sweet
0: i'm just a creep
1: (laughs) I'm just gonna get one of those 3 a.m. likes on my post, and I'm gonna be like, "Jocelyn, not again."
0: I mean, you might. <laughs> it's it's closer to like one or two a.m. I'm gonna yeah. be like, "LOL," back to you, because <laughs> I'm also awake, also being a degenerate online. I'm oh just- my god, I sent Nisa three reels the other day, and she was like, "Chill with the reels." <laughs> <laughs> I was like. I was like so, first of all,
1: it's, like, one of those things where, like, on I-, I want my Instagram to be completely silent. I have an irrational anger of the fact that everything on Instagram has noise now.
0: Oh, just fucking turn off your notifications. No, no, no. Sounds. That's the thing, is
1: that, like, I, like, if you click on one video on Instagram, every other video on your feed will start automatically playing with sound now. So, like, what I often do is, like, I'll be at home, like, mm-hmm. just on my phone, and I'll click on something that's, I like, interests me and it plays the video right then i'll go to a secondary location aka a publix and i'll go and like walk through the aisles and i get bored and i'm like on my phone because i'm maybe waiting for like a chicken sandwich that i really want and what blasts out of my fucking phone at the volume of a million suns (laughs) is the fucking instagram reels <laughs> and i'm like this is fucking horrible and i fucking hate it because, like, I'm so sorry i want my instagram to be completely silent i like, mean
0: i agree with you
1: i just want it to, like so what happens is like if i watch those reels the same phenomena occurs mm. where it's, it triggers the instagram mm-hmm. video sounds to Don't happen you. to me um but also i'm a tiktok girly so I yeah. i just watch all of my like video content instagram for me is about the classic memes i see classic memes that's why i send you only
0: like for the most part yeah true like imgur memes that's especially. true you do mostly send text posts why do you think that is jocelyn now I, you know now you know the I war i didn't realize that that was
1: that's why i was like i was overstimulated i'm so sorry i was like oh my fucking god because I just a demon comes out of me when Instagram plays recklessly in my life, and I'm like, I hate you. Makes me want to just banish the app. All I, I uh, I'm not gonna tell anybody what what my actual uh, Finsta is, but I did create a Finsta. Oh, this week well it's like not a fake insta but it's like my secondary insta because you were the one who inspired me about this i'm pretty sure we talked about this on yes. our last pod. yes
0: yes yes you have one that's for personal stuff and one that's for public stuff
1: yeah so too many people from my work are starting to follow me on my yeah. regular account which means i cannot be as thoughty as i want to be yeah and already there's like questionable posts like right, on yeah. my instagram page and i'm very put together at work yeah like not me um <laughs> but like I do that for a specific reason because I'm ambitious I'm like hungry for money like I'm trying to get somewhere yeah, in my no, career for sure. and like I just like, I cannot handle mm-hmm. like being in a Zoom call with a professional person and the then she's like got my Instagram <laughs> And then she's seen my butt cheeks. <laughs>
0: they're good butt cheeks though. They
1: are great butt. Che- I'm not going to lie, but like, and they're looking way better nowadays. Hell yeah. Girl,
0: I'm going to I'm going to just put this on. Yes. Plug uh, your personal trainer.
1: Okay, yeah. Emily from Deviated Strength. Her 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 uh, business is called Deviated Strength. Amazing fucking trainer. She's the best and I love her. She's also hot. She's also super hot. And she made my body just in in a matter of like a couple
0: months. It's like, even more banging now.
1: It's even more banging, and like I f- I have muscles I
0: forgot I had. Yeah. Like girl, look. Oh shit, she flexed up in here. Yeah. God damn, I definition. got the pump. I got yes, the ass, bitch.
1: Okay, go off. Yeah, and she, my back problems fucking gone. Whoa, gone. Like core strength. Uh, my core, my yeah. shoulders, my fucking lats like Ooh. i'm learning muscle groups i didn't even know i'm so proud of you dude oh and like what's funny is that um it feels very like validating that she she could tell right away because she's so mm-hmm. good that i had latent muscle groups like from all of the years of doing yeah. you know
0: dance and dance
1: right? and 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 soccer and whatever else i was involved in when i was younger and she was like oh yeah so you do this movement and like immediately my body's like Oh, that feels way better now. Like Yeah. And so she's been working on like specific things like easing me into harder exercises right. through like the tr- the way that my muscles were trained when I was younger.
0: I feel like a lot of people that go into personal training do not study like exercise physiology and anatomy like as much as they should. Right. So it's really nice to hear that someone actually has. My mom used to be a bodybuilder actually yes yes we all not we all to know, brag right? we anything. all know about i did not get that <laughs> you could though like you, te- you definitely could i could that would require me to actually go to the gym
1: <laughs> listen i know a lot about the gym now
0: i'm so proud of you dude
1: you ever want to work out yeah i'm not like good enough to teach you anything but i can look <laughs> up what emily has already stored for me in my fitness pal app yeah pretty good touch teaches you all the exercises with videos
0: that's nice and i was like how did you know i'm stupid enough to not know how to do this on my own post (laughs) well okay so i only know how to do stuff at the gym that i know how to do because my mom fucking taught me if my mom hadn't taught me i wouldn't know how to do shit
1: that's the thing like there's a barrier to entry around the gym oh big time yeah i don't know i i did stuff when i was dating odin but like again it was you know i was working with his friend anders who was um, a boxer and an MMA fighter. So we did MMA MMA stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I used Odin's personal trainer mm-hmm. um, at Crunch yeah. for a little while there. But it wasn't consistent enough that I was getting any results. Like, right. This is the thing is, like, I'm doing it twice a week every week. And, like, that's for you, dude. slow, incremental. Like, right, yeah. you know, it, it. if I did it, like, consistently, like, three times a week, I think my results would be way better.
0: Yeah, but, like, two times a week, I think, is more manageable. Oh, way more manageable. Two hours a week? Yeah. Like, that's so easy. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's way more manageable, time-wise and, like, commitment-wise.
1: And that's the other thing, too, is, like, the only reason I go to my sessions is because I know Emily would be mad at me if I didn't show up. (laughs) And, like, that fear (laughs) of, like not if like someone disappointed because I didn't show up to something or like didn't do something but like there are days when I get in there and I'm like no I don't want to do it no and I'm just like
0: complaining the whole time Mm -hmm. she's like she's like you're fucking whining like just go do it like (laughs) and then after you get done you're like oh I did it
1: yeah or she like babies me a little bit she'll be like okay you don't have to do as much of this (laughs) and I'm like like I'll like she's like do you want to do this or this and I'll be like neither and she's like why am I giving you choices (laughs) Take one bitch yeah she's literally she'll be like um okay well that's on me for i guess giving you a choice you're gonna do this one <laughs> like she knows me good enough now that i'm just and, like if she walks away at all during the session to go put something back or to get like a new <laughs> do you just stop i like fucking half-ass shit oh if she ever i'm sorry emily if you ever listen to this <laughs> yeah i'll like she'll come back and she'll be like okay was that 12 and i'm like yep And it's, like, eight. (laughs) Like,
0: Well, that's three-quarter assing.
1: Yeah. She has to leave stand over me and, like, do the time thing. (laughs) Otherwise, I'm not going to fucking... There's... There are times when I go in and, like, I feel really good. Yeah. And I'm, like, ready to work out. Right. But there's other days where I go in there and I'm, like, I feel fucking tired as fuck today. Yeah. And, like, I just do not want to do this. Mm. And, yeah, I mean, it is. It's hit or miss. Like... But if I did not have her to go to, like i ain't fucking driving myself to the gym right i ain't fucking doing shit yeah. like i can have all the tools and resources available to me but if there's no
0: one standing over me i ain't fucking doing it yeah that's kind of part of my problem is like mike was supposed to be my accountability buddy <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> wait what accountability buddy accountability buddy yeah I like that. It's, I'm chewing boba, guys, sorry. She is. I'm going to to suck some more down, actually. Though. Yeah,
1: suck that boba down. Mm,
0: baby. Suck
1: something else this
0: weekend. A
1: kind
0: of boba-lippy? A kind of, of bubble? Oh, a kind of
1: boba-bubba.
0: <laughs> a kind of boba-baby? <laughs> a kind
1: of boba-baby. <laughs> this podcast has devolved a little bit lately. <laughs>
0: quality's gone way down depending on who you ask quality's gone way up i think quality's gone way up personally yeah
1: we're having a good time that's all that matters yeah i think we have like six listeners that we've maintained that's great yeah like on average i think have like six
0: people who listen
1: fabulous i think 12 in total listened to the but i think three of them were me (laughs) One of them was me. <laughs> okay, so eight listens. <laughs> Great. Oh no. Great. Our statistics, <laughs> our stats are low, my friends. Uh, yeah. So I mean, like, uh, spread the news about this podcast because, like, uh, we're funny. So. <laughs> ten out of ten. Ten out of ten. Full of bullshit. Full of bullshit. Hot as fuck, both of us. <laughs> any any tea that we should share? Any hot gossip? <laughs> besides taxidermy of- going back to oh you never finished telling um, that story
0: she just went back where she come from
1: she went back where she came from Cause back was- to the farm <laughs> back put back- out
0: pasture back-, back to my friend's dead grandma's house i guess <laughs> oh, poor baby oh that's so sad um nisa uh, i saw earlier out in her little little fancy room out in my den is that what that's called yeah the den okay Sorry, yeah. I don't know names for Fancy things. room. The parlor? Yeah, it's fancy. I don't know. It's What'd you see in there? <laughs> are
1: you looking at me like I don't know. That?
0: You painted it. Uh, <laughs> your oil painting of yourself.
1: Oh, is that what you're calling out? Your
0: self-portrait.
1: <laughs> Fucking horrible self-portrait.
0: No, I no, did. no. It's not horrible. I figured out that it was you. It just doesn't look like you.
1: Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I figured well out that then. it was you from the hair. Yeah, that's the only defining feature of it. Yeah, I, I attempted to pick pick back up uh, oil painting again.
0: And she used some oil paints that we had gotten for free from a friend. Yeah,
1: I mean, they're not bad oil paints. They're really
0: not. They're Winston's.
1: Yeah. I mean, most of them are in
0: so Or they're, uh, Rem- they're Rembrandt's. They're, they're just
1: yield. Oil paint doesn't really go bad like that, though.
0: Yeah. Anyways, when she said that it was oil paints, then I was like, oh, this triggers a memory for me. So, one of the security guards that we had would sometimes tell me about, like, his paintings and stuff. Mm Because he would paint and do, like, photography and shit. And he really Bob rosted up in the painting department. (laughs) Happy little trees (laughs) and all? Yeah. I was like, oh, you use oil paints. That's cool. He was like, yeah, I do. I'm actually thinking about getting some new ones. So, this man, okay, I thought he was, like, mid-60s. Mm-hmm uh and he like had a heart attack and died the other week while i was out of town whoa swear to god whoa wait he's a regular at the library no, no no he was a security guard
1: oh shit oh shit yeah that sucks
0: yeah turns out he was only 52 but like this man would knock back soda like you would not believe well yeah yeah, yeah and i don't think he'd been to the doctor and like uh 10 years probably
1: this may be insensitive but like if you're gonna pass away quickly like heart attack's probably like the
0: best one. Oh yeah no for sure that's kind of how i felt too that's i like, was like i'm glad that i wasn't there though
1: was, he, it happened at work yeah dude yeah. fuck yeah. that's rough
0: yeah oh shit well r.i.p yeah sorry There's, are you guys friends not really i mean you just knew, yeah, knew him. A i mean bit. like he'd like tell me like oh i got the trail cam set up gonna go out in the woods this weekend or like whatever They're like all right steve have fun (laughs) have a good time Uh, yeah basically yeah so you know i mean like we were we work in the same fucking building yeah you can't avoid people when you work at the same building yeah true i guess yeah it's just like one of those
1: like passerbys yeah so like sometimes
0: i mean he would be like you know, if you ever want a soda or anything, like you you can have one, but like don't tell anybody that I said you can have one. Like kind of like don't tell anybody I'm nice on the on the sly. And it's just like okay <laughs> I don't want your soda, but thank you. Oh my god. Poor
1: guy just wanted to share his soda with someone. No, I just wanted mean... to share his congenitive heart failure with someone. <laughs> 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 Sorry. I'm so sorry. Oh, no, that's really funny, though.
0: Also, he had this thing where he had, like, really bad breath, like, all the time.
1: Uh, that is, like, a huge symptom of heart failure.
0: Well, I didn't know that. Yeah. But, um, so I would always joke that his wife didn't have a nose. And it turns out (laughs) that, um, his wife does not have a nose oh my god what what do you mean uh, david the other security he's like the head of security he was telling me that this guy from dynamic which is the security company had like gone to the hospital or whatever and then steve's wife had gotten there and she had a mask on so he just figured like oh like covid kind of thing and then she took the mask off and apparently no no it's just like two holes in her face And it was either, like, it looked like she'd either been attacked by a dog or, like, she'd had cancer or something. (gasps) And it was just, like, no nose. And I was like, oh, no, I feel really bad now. Oh, my God. Because for almost two years, I've been joking that his wife had no nose and she has no nose.
1: Like, to his face, you were saying No. Oh. (laughs) Dude. I'm going to hell holy <laughs> shit you really i, I feel like you're, this is a character you're making up now i
0: swear to god
1: holy fuck dude also <sighs> also <laughs> it's to
0: get, make, is it, to it gonna make, get worse it's gonna get worse <laughs> it's no so much worse um so he had always been like oh me and the wife this that and the other they were together for 20 years but they never illegally got married Okay. And Florida does not recognize common law marriage. What? I thought it did. No. So what does that mean? She gets nothing? She gets nothing. She inherits nothing? She got fucked. Dude. Because he didn't have her as the beneficiary for his, like, life insurance or anything. What the fuck? They weren't married, so she couldn't get the death certificate or his body. And then... It um, all just
1: goes as next of kin? Yeah.
0: Yeah so which, like, is
1: he have any kids or
0: no apparently she hired a lawyer and this guy was looking into next of kin and found somebody in fucking upstate new york that she had no idea existed yeah and that's next of kin
1: dude this is so rough so she
0: gets fucked which i feel really bad about because i'm sure she's like not a bad person and doesn't deserve that but it's just like oh my god like you cannot oh. make that up
1: oh my god and she has no nose
0: she has no <laughs> nose which is really the worst part of this because that was my joke and she loved him even though his breath stung yeah she couldn't <laughs> smell it And no nose <laughs> <laughs> Like oh like, my god! Like if you put this in a movie or a book, people would be like, "That's too unrealistic. That's <laughs> like, this not." Is that's, this is like
1: sitcom levels of just <laughs> terrible. But it's fucking true. <laughs> oh my god!
0: I feel so bad for him. I feel terrible or for her, her. Sorry. Well, he's dead, so it's okay to feel bad for him if you. But want, also, but. like,
1: I'm sorry. Like, how fucking stupid. I guess do you have to be at that point where like you're married for you're living together for that long and right. you like don't get legally married like at a certain point just cut your fucking losses and get married yeah. like well, I mean he,
0: he was like I don't need a piece of paper to tell me I'm married it's like well it's not really about that especially if you've been with somebody for that long right
1: I don't know to me the cutoff is like uh common law I think age which law is, is like, seven years I was gonna
0: say it's like seven years for common law or something but
1: If you've invested in a property, let's say, together for that long, like, I'll be fucking damned if, like, I'm I'm not legally entitled to my half if I've been paying into somebody else's living situation. Yeah. Or, like, I mean, and then you get into, like, some of the logistics of it, which is obviously, like if something bad happens, exactly. but you've, if you've been with somebody for that long, especially 20 years, two fucking yes. decades, they should have been on everything. Right. Like, like why wasn't she the beneficiary in his life insurance?
0: He didn't fucking put a beneficiary. Was so he's just an idiot. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. Poor, poor baby. So I was like, I said to Mike, I was like, we need to get living wills figured out. Yeah. Like, yeah, no, that is like a hundred percent a thing. Yeah. Because, like, right now the beneficiaries that I have on my life insurance policy are my mom and my brother, which I can update that. But, like... Yeah. You know, and I mean, if something happened to me, obviously, like, my parents are going to make sure that, like, you know, Mike is, like, supported and whatever. But a lot of other people's families wouldn't do that. No, we're not.
1: If you guys bought a property together, yes. Like, I would 100% start, you know, obviously if you have a savings account together, if you have any yeah. of those financial ties.
0: Right that now are- we don't have any accounts together.
1: Yeah. And so then there's nothing to split. Right. Like, you know maybe you do have some life insurance or something through the library i don't know but yeah i do yeah so i mean maybe that like if you wanted to like add him as a beneficiary but like honestly at this point you guys don't share enough assets that like he would need to cover anything for you if that makes sense yeah um and he has his kids to think about so like exactly you might you like probably wouldn't be priority at that point anyway because like if he had any like major money it would go to his kids right
0: yeah that's what his policy for life insurance has his kids as the beneficiaries so i was just like hmm, <laughs> i have at least one friend that's a notary still like <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: i mean yeah just i mean if there's anything that you feel like
0: <clears throat>
1: i don't know in, in your situation right now i wouldn't necessarily worry about it because you're just splitting rent so it's not the same
0: thing yeah but like once we get more like, yeah
1: but later on down the line once you sign those like papers yeah. for the house like for sure
0: yeah well and also like he's planning on once joshua moves in with us probably like six to twelve months after that filing for divorce with beth Mm-hmm. so then that'll be like done yeah hot tea you guys if you don't know my boyfriend is uh been separated from his ex-wife for like seven eight years <laughs> Yeah, he's not officially divorced. It's just expensive. Yeah, no, it is, and it's harder when you have minors involved. Yep. So, anyways,
1: well, R.I.P. Security Steve. Yeah, rip and rip, rip. <laughs> I was I'm dating a snaggletooth John, and yeah, I just we're broken up, but he doesn't know it yet. <laughs> For the how manyth time? This would be the third, I think. Girl, just. Yeah, End right. It. Just it's over. It's over. It's over. The worst thing for me too is that he just did not fucking talk to me like at all. Like text me, like at all. For no. me, I'm not one of those people who can who can do a relationship so half assed.
0: Like uh, no, yeah.
1: And also, I have this rule, this like unspoken rule that I feel like maybe is good dating advice for anybody out there. It's like if you are dating someone, always make the effort to, like, keep planning a future date if you want to continue to, like, see them, especially early on. If you don't put the effort forward that, like, you're planning something, even if it's something small,
0: like, be like, oh, like. Even if it's just, like, let's hang out and watch a movie.
1: Like, let's hang out and watch a movie or, like, um I'd really like to go take a walk with you soon, like, when I'm free, like, even if I don't have that much time or, like, yeah. you know, or. Just do something sweet for them so that they know that Mm -hmm. they're like included in your life. He is, it's, it's almost like he doesn't fucking think of how to conduct a relationship. Mm. It's, it's actually fucking scary to me that he has like gotten this far. I know that he knows how to do it because he was in a polyamorous relationship. Uh, I'm like, so you're just so fucking selfish and low effort maybe he doesn't think of himself as that, but like that is legitimately what I'm experiencing with him is like, he's yeah. just so selfish. Like he doesn't, mm. he doesn't give a fuck. And I'm like, I, you know mm. what? I'm way too hot to be wasting my time on this.
0: I agree. Can't hundred percent. Mike and Bunny also think you're way too hot for him too.
1: I'm always way too hot for the men in this town, Jocelyn. Where's my nice hot European man. I mean, you had one
0: when <laughs> I thought Odin was pretty hot. Ew. <laughs> what do you mean, ew? You're the one that fucked him.
1: Yeah, and you kind of reminded me of a clown. <laughs> he was short, too. Remember, he was 5'8". I, I mean, look, it was short. The only thing I had going for him was he was rich.
0: But he was so Dude. annoying. Oh, well, I wouldn't know. I did never live with him.
1: God, the things that I put up with with him, too, were just like radical do you remember i don't know if you heard about this story maybe you, i'm pretty sure you must have is that um one of the worst things that ever happened was that around his birthday the first year we were dating we were already living together right
0: mm-hmm.
1: his two fuck boyfriends like came into town mm-hmm. this their two brothers uh will and john so they were in town and we had plans i was already arranging for a surprise birthday party for him Oh. and i was like putting it all together and like i had his friend austin in on the plans uh-huh.
0: right
1: he found out that will and john and all them were coming into town that was a surprise because odin knew about it but he didn't tell me about it ew yeah and so i'm at work and i get a text message friday midday where we had plans to go to dinner that night and he was like hey like will and john are here and i was like oh i was like i didn't know that they were coming into town he was like yeah sorry i should have told you like i forgot to tell you you
0: fucking think dog
1: and he was like so you know the dinner plans we had i think it's just gonna be the boys tonight
0: wow and
1: this was like
0: the disrespect
1: austin fucking knew austin knew i was planning a surprise birthday party for him and fucking allowed that shit to happen and then i texted austin i had to text austin and be like what the fuck is going on? Like, why would you like suggest a boy's dinner or why were you like, let him do a boy's dinner when you know that I have this thing planned? And Austin, like didn't want to fucking deal with it. He was like, he was like, Oh dude, like it's his birthday. Just let him have what he wants. And I was like, I, I live with him. Like yeah. we're together. Like Literally. I shouldn't be left out of his birthday celebration. First no. of all, but like, second of all, like this was supposed to be a nice thing for him and I, like, like, You know, he was, Mm -hmm. he would have appreciated it. I know he would have if it had gone off like I planned. I was pretty much done with his ass at that
0: point. Oh, yeah. I would have been too. I
1: stayed with, um, so I told him, I was like, I was like, fine, you can go have like a boys' weekend if that's what you want to have. Like, I'm good. Like, I'm going to go stay in St. Pete. So I just like fucked off and like went to Jenny's and like stayed with Jenny Mm -hmm. and Victoria. Like Victoria came over and we had like a girl sleepover and like I was complaining the whole time. I was just like pissed. Odin did not fucking text me at all that whole weekend. Right. I told him, okay, I'm going to come by uh, Saturday and like come get some stuff. And he goes again. This was supposed to be a boys weekend. Right. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Nope. All the girls were there. Mm. Austin's girlfriend Paige, who also didn't tell me that what was going on. Oh, yeah,
0: that shady bitch.
1: Paige was fine. Like me and Paige, like we worked it out. But I was just like, I was like, what the fuck is going on? That like I'm not even invited to a party happening at my own fucking apartment. Yeah. That I pay rent for. I split rent with that man. I split rent with Odin when he made four times what I made. No. And he like had a big issue with me like saying I didn't want to split rent
0: it should be proportional it should be proportional
1: and i told him that like he was the one who wanted us to move in together Mm. like he only got cold feet like right before we were about to sign the lease together and i had already like spent all this time i had quit fucking big frog i had like already made all these arrangements to move to tampa (laughs) yeah this was like a whole fucking thing dude so like i come in the apartment And I had texted him, like, everybody better be fucking gone by the time I get there, because, like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, this is so disrespectful. Mm -hmm. I was like, and you and I need to talk. I walk through the door, and Odin goes, Odin's fucking plastered, Mm -hmm. which he got really weird when he was drunk. He got, like, a child. And he's obviously on coke, too, because his eyes were, like, fucking bugged out of his head. He's sitting there with a fucking smirk on his face, sandwiched between John and Will, sandwiched between Austin on the couch, playing fucking PUBG All the fucking girls are hanging out by the side of the sink, like hanging out in my fucking house, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. using my fucking dishes, drinking my fucking wine that I had bought. So disrespectful. So disrespectful. I'm like, I walked in and I go, did you get my text message? And he goes, I didn't see your text message. And I was like, I was like, Odin, let's get in the fucking room and we'll have a talk now. We're going to have a talk fucking now. And all the boys go, ooh like that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh no, motherfuckers. I was like, you played with the wrong fucking one. Did he tell you that I wasn't invited to the party at my own fucking house? Looks like everyone's having a great fucking time. And Austin was the only one who was like, chill, chill. I was like, yeah, I was like, I'm fucking done. So then they all, Literally in the living room while I went to the bedroom. They were in the living room like convincing Odin to come out with them to just leave me in the oh house, my God. to leave me in the apartment. What? And they were like, she just has to calm down. Like she's fine, bro. Like she, you oh gotta go God. out. You, you, it's your birthday. You should have fucking fun. You should. This is the type of shit he would listen to. It's
0: psychotic. I just meant that he was hot. That's all I meant. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean. I f- fell out
1: of love with that man so quick. Yeah. Like I was all in with that kid. Like he was, he was wonderful to me at first, Yeah. but then like the novelty wore off, like as soon as we started living together. And then I saw like how, what, what broke me down and wore me down more than anything with him was like how easily influenced he was by other people. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I thought he was such a pure and good hearted person. And then like, as soon as Austin like got in his ear, cause they weren't that close to friends when I met him right. early 2019 it was through 2019 that they got closer. And p- one of the reasons why they got closer is because they bonded over having like really strong relationships, Austin with Paige and me with Odin. Right. So yeah, after that, like I called down from the balcony and I was like, I was like, Odin, you better get your ass up here and come talk to me. I was like, oh, we're fucking over, dude. I'm moving my shit out tomorrow. What the fuck are you doing? So Odin came upstairs and was acting all sweet and nice to me as soon as mm-hmm. everyone was out of the way. But I was like, I was like, dude, you just fucking betrayed me, like essentially in front of everyone. What were you doing? I cou- I, I will never get over yeah. the feeling of walking into my own house and uh, like a place I'm paying for right, yeah. and seeing people blatantly disrespect me the main thing I didn't want was like Odin to come home and be so fucking sloppy and coked up and like act like a fucking idiot. I did not like Will and I did not like John and I made that extremely obvious to Odin when I first met them in the beginning of the year. Right. Like I had met them they were fucking rude to Victoria they were rude to me like they were just animals and I was Uh. like I don't fucking like these people so don't bring them around me because I won't hang out with them. Right. I had told Odin that that's why he neglected to fucking tell me that they were coming into town. (laughs) anyway we still lasted i think a few months after that like we tried to make it work he like booked me this big trip to miami to try to reconnect and get back on track but i just like i could not see him well yeah i couldn't see him the same way anymore
0: yeah that would definitely have been a nail in a coffin for me as well
1: yeah i mean it wasn't as bad as like i guess getting cheated on or anything but it's close it it still feels that like it's that gut it's, punch of yeah, like wow how fucking and, and this is
0: it's the thing. very much like a taking you for granted thing and just assuming that you'll roll over
1: that's why uh, Odin the clown and I are not together <laughs> <It's clean>. yeah <laughs> yeah but he's been with uh, his other girl now for a long long time probably like four, three four years now
0: well good for them good for
1: them but anyway back to Snaggletooth John
0: <laughs> fuck him
1: fuck him Anyway, should we tell our stories? <laughs> okay, I wait, a good wait. one for you today.
0: Yeah,
1: get excited.
0: Do you want me to read mine first because it's pretty short? Yeah, and then you can have yours, and I'll try not to interrupt you too much.
1: You can interrupt me. That's
0: the best part. I- <laughs> Sometimes I just derail us so much, though. Ah, who cares? <laughs> Someone, mommy. <laughs> Okay, so initially I had written this up for a little thingy for work. Because okay. Carrie, my teen librarian, was like, I want to do a art thing for these children to take and make, and based on Frank Stella's Protractor art series. And I was like, okay, cool. I good at write up a thing. She was like, yeah, just do like a couple paragraphs. And I was like, how about two pages? <laughs> but, the, I mean, it's not really... <laughs>
1: To clarify, uh, Carrie is not a teen. She is no. just a teen librarian,
0: a yeah. librarian for teens. Yes. <laughs> Did it sound like I meant that she was a teenager who's a librarian? I, that would be very. Impressive. I was listening,
1: and I was like, "Oh, I know the answer to this one."
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I've known Carrie since forever because we went to the same elementary and middle schools. Yeah, and she was in my brother's grade. She has a twin named Megan. Miguel. Yeah, they're identical.
1: Those uh, identical twins are freaky, huh? I mean,
0: <laughs> I mean, I only really know one of them, so...
1: <laughs> I know a few. They always wig me out.
0: Really? Oh, yeah.
1: You get two of the same-looking people popping up in front of you? Like, That's <laughs> nuts. <laughs> it's it's like
0: surreal as fuck like like the girls from the fucking what's it called the shining
1: now all these ivf babies are popping out the same ivf babies a lot of twins being born through the ivf you know
0: uh i have a couple cousins that are ivf babies are they twins Mm -mm. no they're like a few years apart oh that's good made it out yeah (laughs) yeah made made it out of the statistics (laughs) yeah (laughs) they're cute little girls so anyway, um, I wanted to tell you guys real quick about Frank Stella. Nisa hates his art. Yep. Because it's, um, you know, it's you can put your own spin on it if you want to. It's not very... It's with- abstract, okay?
1: <laughs> Just call it what it is, Jocelyn. Don't shy away. Don't you shy away.
0: Nisa hates abstract art if this is the first episode that you're joining us for.
1: I hate abstract art.
0: I, on the other hand, enjoy abstract art a moderate amount.
1: She likes it a whole bunch, okay? (laughs) She's such a fucking liar. She does like every other artist is an abstract, contemporary, goddamn bullshit, squares, (laughs) like fucking kick me in the teeth every time.
0: Listen, they're part of art history, okay? I minored in that. It's been (laughs) like eight years since I graduated, but it's fine.
1: Yeah, I mean, I went to art school, and every time I'd still see them in school, I'd be like, boo, next slide.
0: <laughs> Nisa just shits on everyone that doesn't do portraits and landscapes.
1: I don't even like landscapes. <laughs> it's really just portrait just art. portrait art. It's really, it's like, it's Bernini, it's my favorite.
0: Well, I'm going to talk about Frank Stella real quick here. So Frank Stella is old as balls, first of all.
1: How many old balls?
0: He was born in 1936.
1: That's right. He's still alive.
0: He is still living. He's old. Old as balls. Old as balls. (laughs) (laughs) He was born in Malden, Massachusetts, and he is 87 years old. He's considered to be, quote, one of the most important living artists, unquote. (laughs) Yeah. i don't think so (laughs) he's important to people that aren't nisa yeah like (laughs) five people me and everybody that went to his thing while it was on display so he went to princeton university where he painted and majored in history because he's a silly guy and then he moved to new york in 1958 and when he was there it was because he loved to go to the galleries i've obviously not read my notes since the last time we recorded this is great radio
1: it has been a month (laughs) this is great radio god you insult podcasts everywhere
0: (laughs) you can skip through a podcast you can't skip through the radio
1: this is this is not good audio format (laughs) in any way shape or form and we would be very blasphemous to say that it was (laughs)
0: Anyway, while he lived in New York, his art was recognized for its innovations before he was 25. In 1959, several of his large-scale minimalist paintings were displayed at the Allen Memorial Art Museum at Oberlin College and at the Museum of Modern Art in New York. Initially, he had these big-ass, minimalistic, monochromatic pieces that he made with angular, geometric-shaped canvases, which Nisa thought sucked yep a lot because they're mostly just just black and white with lines
1: yeah (laughs) and you were like last time you were like what he made monochromatic and i'm like even worse he had less to choose from and he still like couldn't make anything that cool (laughs) i think they look neat they're also, like, fucking gigantic,
0: right? They are massive. They're, like, 10 feet tall, some of them.
1: Yeah, and my contention is with this, and let me just repeat this again <laughs> for your ears specifically so you know for the future when you're picking your artists. If you're going to make something with a canvas that's the size of a fucking wall, just paint it on a fucking wall. Like, why? Then it can't move from location to location. Make the people move. Because <laughs> it's if it's that big... How are you fucking storing it and transporting it anyway? How,
0: it can't fit through doorways, can it? Really carefully.
1: But they're gonna have to fucking split it up and put and reframe it. It's just stupid. The stupidest shit I've ever heard. It's like the dumbest thing. Just why? There's no fucking point. Just put it on a wall and say goodnight.
0: <laughs> just reprint it on adhesive vinyl every time.
1: Sure. <laughs> literally he was a 20th off. century artist right they yeah. had they had the resources yeah. they had the tools it was the industrial revolution you're yeah. telling me they didn't know how to fucking do- they knew how to do this and he was just being a <laughs> little bitch putting it on canvas
0: <gasps> he made the canvases himself
1: i don't care <laughs> He could stucco a wall himself too <laughs> plaster would probably be cheaper <laughs>
0: Anyways, he moved on from minimalistic monochromatic paintings in the mid-60s to include more vibrant colors and varied shapes. And the Protractor series, I thought, was really cool because it uses a lot of different colors and it uses circles instead of just, like, square shapes. It's got all kinds of fun angles in it. Are you recording this on your phone?
1: I'm also recording it on my phone. Yes. <laughs> I just want. So you
0: can show me how dumb I look saying it?
1: Yeah. (laughs) I want you to face how crazy this is celebrating fucking circles and squares and shit.
0: I literally love circles and squares and shit. I don't understand why you have such a problem with them. (laughs) Have you seen my paintings that I did at home?
1: Yes, I have. I'm pretty sure. One of
0: them has a circle on it. Oh my god. Have you, you've seen the painting at my mom's house, too. It's like colors. It's like... That's how it sounds. Anyway, a lot of his colorful stuff was influenced by jazz music's discordance and order, supposedly. Do you like jazz? Do you like jazz? The Protractor series and the... the, 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 the I'm, running over my words here so these pieces are relied on the interplay of color and shape to convey rhythm and motion so as your eye moves across the f- fucking thing
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly how i feel about them but i knew hiding underneath there was some rationale
0: <laughs> so the um contrasting colors overlap and juxtapose visually to draw the viewer's eye through the pieces which often span at a minimum several feet in height and width uh one of the ones that i put in my notes here is called haran 2 from 1967 which was made with polymer and fluorescent polymer paint on canvas and it's about 10 feet by 20 feet so it's mad big
1: 10 feet by 20 this is the thing it's not going to fit in a standard truck
0: it's not you're right so
1: what the how are they fucking transporting this shit it's ma- magic they're having to reframe them every time they go somewhere
0: probably i don't know
1: i don't work guarantee in, you I don't work
0: in a museum
1: which means it's the stupidest shit i've ever <laughs> fucking heard
0: <laughs> anyways i hate it over time frank stella incorporated 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 more and more elements in his works until he finally developed a style of maximalism in the 70s and 80s so we went from minimalism to maximalism he carried this style further through his moby dick series in the mid 80s and 90s making creations that were bold large and three-dimensional containing quote sculptural forms derived from cones pillars french curves waves and decorative architectural elements end quote in 2015, the Whitney Museum of American Art organized a Moby Dick Marathon reading in tandem with a display of pieces from Stella's series to coincide with the 164th anniversary of the novel's publication. Participants were also asked what their white whale was. Answered very Answers varied from self-discovery to dating to daily life to making something big for themselves. So their white whale is like, what's the dream, what are you chasing after, what is your end goal?
1: yeah and, and bunny had us talk about our white whales last time we went on a huge tangent about this yes
0: i don't even remember what mine was
1: <laughs> yeah i think yours is buying a house oh yeah a probably job.
0: yeah probably
1: and bunny's was also like a, a career making job or position yeah but she also said she wants a literal white whale
0: yeah well that's because she always says shit like that
1: and i said that i don't really have white whales because at this point i did them all She's too cool for school. I think my white whale would be like moving to Spain, but like it's also I'm just I'm just gonna have that, like that's just gonna happen to me if I want it to happen. It's not gonna be that difficult. It's so. not
0: out of her reach at all.
1: No, the, the goals be golden for me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Nisa's just got everything figured out now.
1: Eh, not my love life. <laughs> <laughs> Yee. Raina, right, do you want a dad or a, a really hot mommy? Hot mommy, yeah. hotter mommy than me
0: whoa impossible she's gonna be so hot i mean that'd be pretty sick but i feel like if she was hotter than you you'd get a complex about it no i wouldn't sit on my face
1: (laughs) the complex would be why she's not in my lap at all times oh
0: oh, damn go off i have like two more notes here (laughs) And then I'm done talking about Frank Stella since Nisa hates him so much. I hate him. <laughs> In the 90s, he created continued... That was came out of my face very Whoa. wrong. Whoa, what was that? <laughs> continued.
1: In the 1980s, he continued... In
0: the 90s, Stella continued his ventures into bigger and better things, leading him to create freestanding sculpture for public places and architectural projects that were pitched for locations around the world. According to the Guggenheim, Frank Stella continues to live and work in New York. Okay. And done. I'll post pics of some of his art on the gram so you guys can look at it and be like, wow, no wonder Nisa hates it. Or you'd be like, oh, why does Nisa hate this? <laughs> That's it.
1: <laughs> oh my goodness. Frank Stella.
0: <laughs> yeah, he is stellar. <laughs> thank you.
1: Mm, and thank you. <laughs> and scene. Oh boy, do I have a doozy of one! Nisa's
0: got some real tea now.
1: So I was originally gonna do Mark Rothko, which, again, he's he's not my bag; he's your bag. I don't even like Rothko. Whoa, well, that makes two of us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But this is the thing, is that I started looking into Rothko, and Mm -hmm. I found a way crazier, more awesome story to actually write stuff about. So I'm going to talk about that primarily, and not so much about Rothko, but he is included, but also a bunch of other um, abstract impressionists are included in this tale. Nice. So this was a art scandal that literally only wrapped up a few years ago, potentially still has ramifications in the art world that are continuing to be investigated, so... This is an art scam. Woo! More scammers! More scams! We love a good scam. <laughs> so this was a uh, issue that was centered around a gallery, a prominent gallery in New York called the Noodler. Noodler Gallery.
0: The Noodler? That's Noodler such a Gallery? Silly name. I don't know how you say it. How do you uh, spell it's it?
1: K N
0: O E D L E R. Oh, I would say that Noodler. Noodler Gallery. I could be wrong. We'll just
1: go with that one. So this gallery has been around since the late 1700s was when it was like first founded. It was like one of the first galleries in New York. Mm. Um, It like rose to prominence like through the 1800s, through the um, early 20th century. It was like one of the top places to buy art in New York. Mm. Like very well respected. A lot of really hot um, artists were coming through there. So... There was a woman who worked there. She was an ambitious, like, art assistant and, like, she got first got hired in the 1970s and, like, she started rising up, making connections in the art world. Her name was Anne Friedman. Go off. And she, you know, she basically conquered, like, all the dudes that were coming through there. Like, and she fought for her position to be the president of the gallery. Like, yeah. she, like, wanted to be Top Dog or, be, sorry, be the director of the gallery. Like, she fucking wanted it and so she got it that was around 1990s she um, girl bossed her way there she legitimately girl he, she girl bossed her way up okay so she did the go- goddamn thing everybody says that she's an incredible salesperson. Mm-hmm. like um she pushed out another prominent art director who was going to be the art director and they had already like tagged him for the role and he was supposed to be like the co-chair with her and she like pushed him out and, and she
0: was like no bye-bye
1: well she complained because she had been there longer than him and she's just like why why are you tapping this guy when you already have me Right, And so he left, but like, even though he had to leave, he was still like, no, she's a really good salesperson. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, she is just like a prominent person in the art world at the time. And the Nodler Gallery itself has a fantastic reputation, as I said. So like, there's just nothing really wrong with this picture. Enter a charming woman who comes in. She's a Hispanic woman. Her name is uh, Glafira Rosales. And she... Gets connected to the gallery through a former employee who lets Friedman know that this woman, she's come from overseas and she has a bunch of paintings that she wants to sell through the Node Learn. She's going to bring them in for Friedman to take a look at. So Friedman goes, This is great. Have her like come in to see me. And she brings to Friedman a Rothko as mm. the first painting that she wants to sell. And immediately, And Friedman freaks the fuck out because this is like career making works. Like Mm. these are like extremely high priority, sensitive artworks. And she's like, oh man, this is going to be awesome. So (laughs) now she finds out little by little that the artwork as she like goes and gets the testimony of different experts and stuff, it it can't be verified in any sort of like past Mm. catalogs. So the first thing that they do when they bring in new artwork, right, that has been, like, out of circulation for a while, maybe it right. was in someone's private collection, is they yeah. go back in the archives and they go, okay, let's find out from all the single sources that Rothko's ever sold through, like, where this painting originated from. So they can uh, start a prominence on the work
0: right. and they can,
1: like, verify it, which immediately makes the worth the work more authentic. That's why a lot of works that are authenticated, yeah. that are fake are usually works that have been in catalogs that have been lost for years. Right. Um, and then they they reappear in circulation. This was unique because this was work that ne- was never before seen. So it had no way of really being authenticated other than like they were going to piece apart the pigments, they were going to look at the signatures, they were going to mm-hmm. look at like... The canvas style, like, those types of things, which is a very long process. Right. Um. So it's not something you do. It's also very expensive. It's not something you do willy-nilly. It's something that you do only if, like, you're going to sell this painting for, like, millions of dollars, right? Yeah. So Anne doesn't do any of that. Yeah. So Rosales tells her... (laughs) that this, there was a mysterious Philippines-based client that she had named Mr. X Jr.
0: <laughs> oh, Mr. X. Mr. Okay. X,
1: yes. Immediately, she's suspicious because she's like, well, they, they have never been in any catalog or anything, so this is kind of weird. But still, she goes forward, and she starts to consign her collection, like, one at a time, meaning she was bringing them into the Nodler, like, under the Nodler's name, and, like, putting them up in the gallery as, like, displayed works like to see if there was any potential buyers for this work Mm -hmm. and she started displaying them to top dealers she believed by doing this this was like tantamount to authentication this is what she would later say is that she was like well i knew that if i put them up in the gallery and i showed them off at like uh gallery you know shows or whatever else to these like top art dealers that if any of them were fake i would have been notified immediately
0: oh no. However, no one ever
1: did that. And so therefore that was like her way of saying, well, of course they were everyone considered them authentic, I, somebody would have said something.
0: No bitch, you're supposed to do that.
1: So, I was reading a Vanity Fair article about this who interviewed three of these top dealers that she supposedly said like mm-hmm. were fine with these paintings and and they were like everyone would say, "Huh?" You look it up and there wouldn't be any record of it. They didn't feel right," says a second. The Pollux in particular were too perfect, too symmetrical. But like the first dealer, this one just kept mum. The pros didn't say anything. They just turned their backs. So, like, basically, they didn't want to ruin her reputation. They didn't want to get involved with what was going on. So they were just right. like, they were like, we're just not going to sell them. We're just not going to do anything with this. Because yeah. um, obviously, that's the safer option than right. being
0: like, uh, you can't tell me this is a fraud. Right. And it's like, <laughs> you're a
1: fraud. But also, it's, it's, very, it's a very obvious ploy of, like, if you can't look up where that painting originated from, like, if... Pollock himself did not have any pictures of that work coming out of his archive like right. then it's not fucking real it's not legitimate because his work at the time he's a prominent artist
0: of his yeah. day he would be cataloging everything meant that was meant to sell and if he wasn't his whoever was in charge of brokering deals for him was
1: exactly if he gave it to an art dealer to to s- sell stuff for him then it would have been cataloged yeah so part of this collection was Work from William de Kooning, Mark Rothko, Barnett Newman, Clyde Still, Franz Kline, and then the most famous of them all was the Jackson Pollocks. And there were a set of around 20 paintings that were all from, like, the abstract Impressionists, right? Mm -hmm. So, (laughs) this is just a crazy story, man. For Friedman, like, the lack of anyone saying anything to her about the paintings, like, was her step toward authenticity and in 2001 the first of the four pollux was sold for two million dollars wow. under the pretext that it was still waiting to be fully sourced in response the buyer set a condition that the painting had to be verified by the international foundation for art research or ifar which is like the only institution in the world that will do that whole prospect mm-hmm. of like you know collecting the paint pigments and like right. checking out the canvas and all that stuff and like actually making sure that this work is a pollock or not mm-hmm. by late 2003 this is a couple years later the work is still not confirmed and then he went back to the nodler and was like give me my fucking money back like right. obviously this painting is not what you said it was yeah, It's not because if sure it was pollock.
0: they could have just gotten it
1: immediately yes yeah and so all this happens right and it's kept well under wraps And throughout this whole story, like, the theme is that, like, many people in the art world just do not come forward and say that they're, they're moving their money around through these large paintings. A lot of these deals, especially at the time, were kept well under, like, the radar. Because people, there's, like, just buyers who don't want to be known, and then the the risk of, like, art theft is, like, another reason why they don't say anything. there's a lot of money
0: moving in these things.
1: Yeah. So... Originally, Rosales had convinced Friedman of her painting's authenticity by telling her a story that Mr. XJ, X Jr.'s parents had known Alfonso Osario, who was an abstract expressionist painter, and that was where this vast collection had originally come from. However, this story circled back to Osario's longtime partner, Ted Dragon, <laughs> who vehemently denied it. And Osario had passed some time before this, so of course it, we couldn't get the story from him. And so then, after that, the details were swapped around, and mm. it was then revealed that David Herbert was the source of the collection, not Osario. So Friedman had a long-winded and elaborate replacement story centering around Herbert's gay affair with Mr. X, Mr. X, Sr. What? And him selling the artworks under the counter,
0: oh. like,
1: while he was at these other um, art-dealing jobs that he had. So, he, so David Herbert was a real art-dealer, and... Yeah in the process of discovering this investigation like people went around and were asking veteran art dealers like do you remember david herbert and everyone would be like well yeah he was a small time mm-hmm. art dealer who worked at these local galleries and so he worked at betty parsons and sydney james james which both were good galleries but they weren't you know
0: they're not gonna bring in a Rothko.
1: they're not gonna bring in a Rothko. they're definitely like not huge names on the art market and um In the 1950s, he was part of the gay art scene, Mm -hmm. which was prominent in New York. But it also, that whole thing, those details being true, doesn't prove that these paintings are real. right? Because again, what would David Herbert be doing with all these?
0: (laughs) Yeah, why would he not put those in his own galleries if he had them?
1: Yeah, exactly. Why wouldn't they, why wouldn't it be more well known? Because this is career making stuff. Yeah. So, and it was also a hard fact for others to swallow that he would sell the artworks on the side or that the artists themselves would not have kept careful records of what they sold, especially yeah. to an art dealer. Right. Regardless, Rosales and Friedman continued to bring in paintings from the David Herbert collection <laughs> on behalf of Mr. X Jr. and the scandal conti- and scandal continued to court them for it. At one point Rosales brought in some paintings that were clearly a part of richard diebenkorn's ocean park series and richard grant the artist's son-in-law learned of the suspicious paintings back in early 1995 and then later on when one of them sold about 10 years later in 2006 he went to the nodler out of courtesy which you do if a large painting like that gets sold you go you know basically shake hands pop the champagne and be like hey it's wonderful that you sold that painting from my father's late estate mm-hmm however she he went to go see Ann Friedman about this and she declined to see him. He also, though, knew because... So Diebenkorn's wife had actually viewed the paintings like some time ago, like she had been in New York. And so another um, art dealer had taken her through and was like, hey, these are your husbands. And she had said basically like... No, they're not. Yeah, she was like... <laughs> she did, And she told Ann Friedman who who showed her the paintings. She was like Yeah, she was like, I'd be very surprised if those paintings were painted by my husband because she knew him so well and yeah. so obviously her son their her son-in-law like knew that the paintings were probably false and mm-hmm. so in 2006 he's like oh, let me go shake her hand for selling that Debencorn painting. And then she, she basically reclines to see him. She like wow. doesn't want to deal with him. So
0: Shady. the
1: painting got sold to a museum. He goes to the museum, and, and we don't know exactly what happened, but soon after, they're, they're replaced with more credible Debencorns.
0: Oh, interesting. One
1: that was donated by Friedman
0: herself. Oh, what
1: Yes, so she apparently had a legitimate demon core. She had a real
0: one that and, she was
1: sitting on. And I guess to, like, avoid the lawsuit, avoid the investigation, or whatever was going to happen, she gives a legit one, one that the prominence can be 100% proven, wow. not one of the ones from the David Herbert collection. Mm. Yeah, so after this encounter, and does have like a moment of hmm maybe i should get more information from rosales because rosales and her have been doing this business for a very long time at this point over 10 years but she still isn't really she hasn't really pressed her for like any of these like credible details right she's just been keeping the the paintings in the gallery and hoping that they sell she's just been like money 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 yeah she's been looking for suckers for her but like she's (laughs) like you know what i could get in some real trouble if this all falls through so like rosales you do more work and get your story together so, what Rosales does is she finds a man named Cesario Fontella, who includes details about acquiring the painting. She sits down and, like, records them for an interview. And Fontella goes on about how he owns this restaurant near where Fernando Vahande was at, who was a prominent gallery owner. So, she, he says that Vahande brought the paintings into his restaurant one day, and that's how he got the paintings. <laughs> Meanwhile, Vahande's son is like, uh, wait a minute now. This like, man has never
0: been to that restaurant. <laughs>
1: but Yeah, he was like, he was like, he's like, first of all, my dad didn't drive. So like, he's not taking paintings across town on foot. That's not happening because that wouldn't be the case anyway because these paintings are, are heavy. He's like, and also my dad doesn't eat out at restaurants. My dad had like, had a a very good cook and he was well known to like, basically never leave his house for any meals because he was just- really into his cook Uh, yeah he used to bring clients to come dine with him at his home so like him going into a restaurant and and bringing these paintings like two to three miles away by hand like that's not happening that doesn't make sense and so this other this this guy fontella after that like basically he's never heard from again like nobody can (laughs) find him
0: this is okay this reminds me of have you ever watched nathan for you (laughs) so this guy named nathan fielder has this show called nathan free oh yes yeah (laughs) and there was an episode where he has this guy lie about how he's built up all of his like musculature and that he's never gone to the gym he just moves uh furniture and boxes and stuff to con these people into doing free moving (laughs) yeah (laughs) Like, this sounds like that. Yeah. This woman is just telling these people to lie. Yeah. I,
1: I have seen a couple of his... <laughs> there's one where he... Doesn't he, like, trick a, a guy who went to, like, an tr- like, electronics store into, like, basically giving away his TVs for free or something like God, that?
0: probably. There's one where he gets frozen yogurt shop to do poop-flavored frozen yogurt. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> As, like, a way to boost their business. Dude. <laughs>
1: this is just like so fucking elaborate that I'm like surprised that they got this far for this many years. Like the story about how it was a gay affair
0: now. Yeah. Like it's just, it's just crazy. I mean, gay affairs would be kind of like hush, hush a little bit, but it, again, it wouldn't
1: be out there in the open. Then all those like really weird, finite details. You're still not given a name, which is yeah. like more what you need. Right? right. Interesting though, that, uh, Anne Friedman did keep, several of the works that Rosales brought in. So she she kept three for herself, and two that she was known to keep in her home, the Pollock and the Rothko, and one was a small Robert Motherwell, and she kept those. And so the larger Pollocks that were obviously uh, contentious, because one of them had already been returned, Mm. she made the nodler a part owner of each while she had a third share herself. (laughs) What?! Yeah, I mean, that's not uncommon. It's just like, if basically, like, it, you don't... It's just a large
0: uh, asset to have. That just seems really shady. It's it, The art world is shady, though. Like, the whole thing is really fucking shady. That's why I'm never going to be part of it.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, in 2007, the Silver Pollock was sold to Lagrange Museum, where she told Jamie Frankfurt, who was middlemanning the deal, that the paintings were soon to be included... In the catalog was sawn by Pollock Krasner, repeating this to LaGrange's English dealer, Tim Taylor. If she had been in touch with the Pollock Krasner folks, she would have found out quite quickly that they stopped authenticating Pollocks back in 1995.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: Yeah. So it's not even that like she, she's just going down the fucking rabbit hole with this. If that wasn't enough, she also included with the, 12, with the painting when she sold it, a list of 12 art scholars who had viewed the untitled <laughs> 1950, which was the name of the painting. Just viewed it. Although none of the 12 people who had ever come to the Nodler were there to examine the Pollock. Instead, what Freeman had considered as an authentication was when a scholar would come into the gallery on the off chance, she would take them up to view the Pollocks. Oh my god. Where they would seem to like them, and then she'd add their name to her list. Wow. Yeah. So by the summer of 2009, the FBI gets involved, and they (laughs) issue subpoenas to Friedman on the works inside the David Herbert collection, leading her to be terminated from Nodlers that year. A year later, after LaGrange had offered his $17 million Pollock to Sotheby's, and they had refused to take it because of the lack of prominence, mm-hmm. he was eager to confront her.
0: <laughs> I'm sure.
1: So he met with her in New York, bringing, him a, bringing a lawyer and asking for his money back. And she even went so far as to say that they'd find another buyer, and <laughs> which is ridiculous because who's going to fucking buy it now?
0: Right, after you've been disgraced.
1: Yeah. And so after the threat of a lawsuit, Nodler Gallery agreed to giving back LaGrange his money for the piece, the 50% that they owned, however, <laughs> the other owner, Canadian collector, David Mirvish, was less inclined to part with his funds from the sale. So it caused a bit of fucking tension. Now, at the same time, another family, the Desols, bought what they thought was a Rothko in 2004 directly from Anne Friedman spending $8.3 million on it. Jesus. That was the most they had ever paid for a piece of art. So in 2010, that Rothko was, considered, was discovered to be a fake. And in fact, the whole scheme came apart. So the entire time, Rosales was running an enormous scam through the Nodler using Anne Friedman. Wow. All paintings in the supposed David Herbert collection, all of them, were forgeries cleverly created by pei shan kwan a chinese immigrant living in queens oh my
0: god who conducted
1: the scam with uh, rosales and the help of her boyfriend carlos Burgantinos diaz wow so yeah the nodler ended up closing in november 2011 because of the scandal and friedman and the members of the gallery have been tied up in litiga- litigation around these pieces ever since in two thousand thirteen, Rosales herself admitted to the charges of tax evasion and wire fraud and also admitted to the art scam. Her boyfriend and his brother were arrested when they tried to flee to Spain, and Queon was indicted and sent back to China. Oh my god. So after that, the works have come to light as after the works have come to light as fakes, Friedman maintains that she is the scam's central victim. <laughs> of course. When she gave an interview with New York magazine. Due to the nature of the art market and its inclination towards discretion, many of the victims from the scam have settled out of court with the gallery itself. Right. The des Souls were one of the few who ended up taking their case to trial, suing for triple damages to the tune of twenty five million Wow The des Souls first became suspicious, largely based on an article written in the New York Times about the lawsuit filed by the duped collector Pierre Lagrange and his Pollock. Mm. So during the trial, Domenico testified that uh, Domenico is one of the Day Souls. By the way, this, uh, oh okay, I was Domenico Day Soul. Wait, who's Domenico? Domenico Day Souls. He testified that Friedman had specifically told him and his wife that eleven experts had authenticated the Rothko, and it was clear, and he was clear that she had said authentication.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So testimony was also heard from a wide. Uh, web of people in the art world all the associates that Friedman had used over the years John Elderfield was the former curator of the MoMA who had taken Diebenkorn's widow to uh, view the pieces and that's when she stated to Friedman it would take a lot to persuade me that these were done by my husband Mm. yeah so it was well known that I mean they were trying to prove through all these witnesses that basically a lot of A lot of red flags had been thrown up over the years to Friedman that like these paintings were not legit Legit and just like no one rocked the boat enough to cause any issues except for LaGrange when he found out he'd been scammed. So he was like the first one to be like, I don't fucking think so. Like I Mm -hmm. just lost 17 million potentially on the sales. So like you're going to fucking pay. Pony up, bitch. But everyone else who like, they just kind of were letting it lie. So in the end, Friedman refused to testify under oath. It's kind of muddy how like things went down, but basically she was set to testify and then she was like stalling or like she refused to do it. And so it went to settlement. I think because they knew the writing was on the wall. Yeah. The trial ended swiftly, even after bringing the foundation of the art world to its knees. So like everybody was like, this is what fucking happens in the, these large sales. This is crazy. Mm-hmm. How has this been allowed to go on? This seems so shady. Like there's so much room for error. There's so much money. Just like
0: yeah.
1: people talking and like basically handshaking millions of dollars worth of money over these paintings. And it's just so right. Yeah. They settled out a trial basically after that. And funny antidote to wrap this up is that Luke Nikas. Who Did was you just the... say
0: antidote? Huh? Did you just say antidote? Probably.
1: <laughs> Anecdote?
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) Anecdote. To wrap this up, is that Luke Nikas, the attorney representing Anne Friedman, now has several of the Rosales fakes hanging in his office. Shocking. Including, there was a Pollock that had a misspelled signature on it, by the way. (laughs) So, underneath, he has a framed New York Times article, which states the headline, Note to Forgers, Don't Forget the Spell Check. (laughs) And uh, he was asked, like, why do you have that? And he goes, I'm just interested in the picture itself.
0: Okay. This is her lawyer. Okay.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, that was um, the Nodler Gallery Art Scam
0: that was wonderful that was a wild ride that's fucking crazy right
1: (laughs) i just really love the long lengths that she went to to basically say that the backstory of how these paintings like Uh, happened like what mr x jr was the gay mr x senior was the gay lover of david herbert and that's how the paintings Mm -hmm. what is interesting though and i will say this is that like Originally, this came up because the Rothko affair like came up in my research, which one article that I read said that basically what happened between Mark Rothko and David Herbert is that he approached Rothko in like the 60s at some point at the height of Rothko's career and was like, let me sell some paintings for you and I want to put them in some European galleries. And so he had said I think he had like gave him maybe a couple or something like that but then it came out later that like Rothko uh, that uh, Herbert had like more than one like more than the amount that he gave him (laughs) and so people were like, like, what the fuck like where are you getting all these Rothko's from and so then Rothko himself like went to go look at the paintings was like I didn't paint that like I didn't I don't know where he got those and they went to trial he sued him he sued david herbert jesus um, christ but again i can't find any details about this online like it was it was extremely difficult to sort through but it was like i don't understand though that if like that had already occurred and mm-hmm. was like known to have occurred right. how this whole situation came about with like the
0: quote unquote david herbert collection because right he's been outed as like a fraud already
1: exactly if rothko himself had taken this guy to trial So what I was reading was that, um, again, it was another lawsuit that was was kind of hush-hush because Rothko killed himself Mm -hmm. in, like, the 70s, and his daughter, like, took up the fight against David Herbert and David Herbert's gallery, but... Yeah, I couldn't find anything else a- about it. And I was like, well, if David Herbert is being used again, like that's just some ironic shit that like years later, 20 years later, or 30 years later, like yeah. his name's being thrown around and he's already known to be
0: a fucking scammer. Right. Like, like That begs some questions.
1: Yeah, so I don't know if maybe the Rothko thing was false or if some of the details about I, I have to I have to assume that the information nowadays is more accurate about the, you know, 2007 uh, 2016 trial that just took place uh, versus information that happened back in the sixties or seventies.
0: I mean, there's definitely records of court cases. It's just, some of them are not publicly viewable.
1: That's what I wonder because if they settled out of trial, like were you ever going to really know what the conclusion of that was? But yeah, it's crazy to me that like Rothko was so mad about the situation that he would like testify against David Herbert and like attack the guy.
0: Well, I mean, you would be hard pressed to find a lawyer that's going to take you to fucking court over something that can be easily disproven. So there's definitely got to be something there of substance.
1: Yeah, I couldn't find like the exact details of how it happened. But I, I mean, this is me filling in the gaps. I believe what happened is that david approached him he said yeah sure sell these two or whatever and then david's like i have more now (laughs) i've got 17 (laughs) suddenly i have a lot (laughs) what am i doing with all these (laughs) yeah i don't know so if anybody knows any information about that let me know but i i was like wait what like there's two scandals (laughs) with Rothko's.
0: same sus
1: yes no maybe i don't know yeah Rothko killed himself though fun fact yeah he was a depresso boy
0: Uh, yes
1: yes he was if i uh painted a bunch
0: of squares like that though i'd be a little depressed i was gonna say i don't think a happy person could paint that You just painted a lot of fucking squares man he did paint a lot of squares actually in one of my college like sketchbooks we were supposed to write for one of the classes that i had like what's a good artist or like a quote-unquote, good piece of art that you don't like. And I put a Rothko in. (laughs) And my fucking teacher was so upset about it. Like, she was like, you guys are so uncultured. It's like, yeah, I'm fucking uncultured. I'm like 18, dog. You want to know why, though, that these, like,
1: abstract impressionist paintings were so fucking easy to to forge? Because they were abstract. Because they were fucking (laughs) abstract expressionist paintings. Like... Yeah, uh, maybe don't make your painting so fucking boring and easy if you want them not to get (laughs) stolen. Because, like, obviously there have been fakes of, like, masterworks over the years, of course, but they're fucking easy to spot. They're so easy to spot. They're master fucking classical works. Like, it takes years of training to do that. And then these things, it's just slap a fucking, slap some fucking paint on a canvas (laughs) and, like, you got yourself a Pollock, baby. (laughs) And, you know, what's funny, too, is that in the trial, they were, like, dissecting why they could tell that it wasn't a Pollock. And and part of the reason why is because Pollock was a raging fucking alcoholic. Yeah. So his hands would shake when he was spreading the paint on the canvas and stuff. So his lines were, like, so
0: not neat at all. Even if he was, like, trying to make them neat, he couldn't because he was shaking so bad. Well, he also smoked, like, a fucking chimney. So a lot of times his paintings would literally have cigarette butts in them.
1: Yeah, I mean, he was just, he was a fucking mess. Like, but yeah, that was part of it is that, like,
0: people were walking by me like, this looks a little too clean. Like, because it was made by... Queen, queen yeah Pension. i mean, he'd like walk over his paintings like he'd do them on the fucking floor yeah they'd get bugs in them they'd get dirt in them like whatever he was just like fucking making it in Ew. the in the floor of his fucking studio
1: crazy and people were like let me
0: pay you so much fucking money for that bro. i mean i like a lot of pollock pieces it's so stupid but bro. i would not purchase them but yeah, <laughs> that is the distinction
1: i think that's like part of it too is that like people are not purchasing this artwork because they actually like the artwork they're purchasing the artwork because it represents x amount a number of dollars right and it's, it's a status value symbol well its value is supposed to just basically ever increase over time and yeah. so like for for a lot of art people it's an investment it's just like it's like purchasing a building it's yeah. like you know, if you purchase in the right part of town, like, your value of your building is going to go way, way up. Like, mm-hmm. so why not? Just yeah. hold on to it for a number of years and then gift it to your kids. Yeah. That's what pe- these people are doing with these paintings. That's what the De Solis family was doing. Yeah. When uh, they were asked in the trial, like, okay, well, now that you know that it's uh, not a Rothko, like, do you like want it anymore, like or do you think it has value? And he was he just like laughed and was like, No, if it's not a Rothko, fuck no. Like Yeah. Because even if it looks exactly like a Rothko, like there was reporters who were literally saying like it's weird to be in the room with a painting that looks so much like yeah. a Rothko that you feel like you're standing next to a Rothko. Right. And I guess some people are affected by that artwork. To me it just looks like a bunch of fucking shitty squares. But you know, yeah. you do
0: you boo well i think i saw one when my mom and i went to the tate in london like years ago and i was just like yep just as ugly as i thought it was
1: (laughs) i'm glad you think they're ugly because it gives me faith that your taste isn't horrible
0: (laughs) it's not completely horrible just partially
1: yeah (laughs) because you know i don't know i was starting to feel a little
0: sus about you for a second there (laughs) I don't know, man. I can't help that I like what I like. What do you want from me?
1: I want you to not like weird shitty dinner.
0: T- <laughs> okay, well, I don't like your fucking painting with a dog in it in there. Which one? I have several. There's one where the it's like a fucking like t- Airedale terrier looking dog. Oh, you don't like Herbert? No, I don't like Herbert. <laughs>
1: Oh, you know how that happened, right? I forgot. So that was Victoria's painting, that one with the dog.
0: Oh, burn it!
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> so it was at American Signature Furniture when she was working there. She was like staring at it all the time, and it's like just just shitty, like one of those like shitty wall art paintings. It's yes. just like way too expensive, like it's for what so, it is.
0: So ugly, to and me. it's so
1: ugly, and it's just like whatever. It's like unnecessarily like sixty dollars or something. And so when she quit, she was like i'm fucking taking this bitch and so she just took it like she was just like i don't know she just grabbed it off the wall and it, i think it looked it work. it works pretty well for my gallery wall but it does but i hate it it's yeah it's
0: not a great painting <laughs> it's absolutely not a great painting so <laughs> the very a lion decker in there though the first time i saw i know you do but the first time i saw that dog painting i was like what the fuck is this why does she have this it's so ugly i, I inherited it <laughs>
1: Better than a thrift
0: store. It
1: has some lore to it. <laughs> I, if I saw that at a thrift store,
0: I'd probably buy it for like five bucks. I would not.
1: If it was five bucks, I'd get it. It's the only Okay, bucks. the
0: only reason I would purchase that is if I liked the frame it was in. Do you want me to like
1: put a little top hat on it or something? Because I will.
0: <laughs> Go for it.
1: Is, would that make you feel better about it though? Yeah. Okay, good.
0: It would actually.
1: <laughs> Maybe I'll put a little top hat on it.
0: <laughs> With you your oil face. Make you feel better.
1: Make you feel better. <laughs>
0: Should, anyway, uh, join us again in a few months.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, Jocelyn, we have to be more consistent for the people. I can't. Can we do it once a month?
0: I'm okay. We'll try.
1: Okay, I'm, I'm just, putting this on you.
0: I'm like house hunting and shit, dog.
1: Okay, you can come over here for a night <laughs> after you're done house hunting. You can
0: fit it in. Can you write it for me, Mom?
1: I can do your research for you. I don't care.
0: You <laughs> would you actually? Yeah, I don't
1: give a shit. Yeah, I have like,
0: Chad GPT. If you <laughs> <laughs> honestly, if you did the research for me, I would be happy to do it as often as you want. Okay, perfect. So I love doing the research. So that's what I love. I just have trouble uh, summarizing things in an interesting kind of way. So
1: pick me, pick me, put me in, coach. <laughs> You're in. Sweet
0: first string.
1: First string. I'll be the researcher. I'll be the editor. I'll fucking run
0: this shit. You are running this shit, dog.
1: Technically, yes. Yeah. That's why it's so bad. No. So inconsistent.
0: <laughs> All
1: right. So no, I lost
0: two groups of audio with me. It's inconsistent because I am part of it and so are you. That <laughs> it's is a true. team effort.
1: Two ADHD
0: bitches on a podcast. <laughs> I've never been formally diagnosed, but I, I do think I have a smidge of the ADHD, even though. Uh, Mike said that I don't meet the diagnostic criteria for it, and he would know. Anyway, uh, we will catch you guys next time. Hope you have a super duper rest of your day. Happy Thanksgiving, y'all! Oh, okay.
1: Happy Quidman.
0: (laughs) Happy Chrysler. Merry Chrysler. Merry Happy Honda days.
1: I saw a meme that was really funny. It was like, it was like, don't say happy Honda days if you know we're a Toyotathon household. <laughs>
0: like, <laughs> yes, honestly, though, we are a Toyotathon household. Oh, I'm happy Honda days. <laughs> That's true. You do have a Honda. I do drive a Honda. Mike and I both have Toyoters. I just got my alternator replaced yesterday. That's so expensive. It was only three hundred and eighty dollars. That's expensive. <laughs> I thought it was going to be like 500, so a call out win.
1: <laughs> You're like a discount. <laughs> You're like I still spent 380 almost $400, but disco.
0: I thought it was going to be more. So <laughs>
1: $120 cheaper than I thought. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> well good, good deal.
0: Thanks. Anyway, i'll talk anyway, to anyway. you later. Okay, bye. Bye.